counts in horseshoes and hand grenades. There ain't no second place in Lambo, it's a whole new Hey, welcome to Lambo Leap Podcast. It's Dane. I'm here with Wags on a wet, kind of cold day here in Wisconsin. Hey, Wags, how you doing? I'm doing good. I am jealous. I just found out that Dane and his fiance are 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 acting like old snowbirds and heading south for the weekend. <laughs> Sunny Orlando. <laughs> so, congrats. I mean, whatever. Uh, I'll, I'll just sit here in the cold and rain. You guys can go have fun. But a um, hey, good good morning to. I think do a, a good Packer pod and, and talk about some free agents that are available that uh, I think uh, we'll be active in going after. Definitely. we've uh, The last couple podcasts, we've talked about free agents that are our own, right? Packer free agents. Now we are going to shed some light on the free agents of other teams and see if any of these guys are good fits for what we're doing. I think today we thought it made most sense to kick it off with defensive free agents. We've got some glaring needs on the defensive side of the ball, and uh, we thought that it'd be good to just break it down position by position and and look at um, what guys are out there and who can be helpful to what our teams are doing. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I think the, the key thing to remember here is obviously, you know, um, we – have no idea who they might sign and, and the Packers might have a plan, but um, things can happen. It's a two-way street with players. Um, you know, we might be targeting specific players at specific positions and they might get priced out of the market for the Packers um, and they'll, they'll, or they might want to just sign somewhere else, mm-hmm. um, which I, I realize as Packer fans is, is shocking that any player would not want to come to Green Bay. Uh, <laughs> How dare they? <laughs> How dare they? Yeah. But in any event, um, we just kind of wanted to get uh, somewhat of an idea of of what what the game plan might be um, uh, for for who we could target that is going to improve this team and and certainly um, on the offensive side of the ball uh, I think there are some holes to fill as well um, but uh, realistically we just thought that with the defense uh, being the area where we'll have to most heavily um, invest resources it might make sense to look there first and and then. Um, uh, whatever that we have left, we can we can look at the offensive side. Um, uh, in a vacuum, both will be happening at the same time. But um, for our purposes, uh, I, I thought it made sense. The nice thing too, Dane, is uh, there hasn't really been anything going on. So it's been a few weeks since we talked. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's been this is this is probably the longest we've gone without doing a podcast. We've consistently about once a week. But uh, you're right, just going into this where we were prepping for for some of the free agent stuff, and then of course the NFL drafts will be ramping up but you're right it's been a pretty quiet it's been quiet enough that i i've seen more about aaron Rodgers' vacation plans than i have about uh about uh some of the packer plans at certain points of this off season yep so but that being said we've kind of laid out the land a little bit i think we set it up so um you know it just to summarize a little bit from from last time um you know, we didn't have unanimous agreement on who we thought we'd bring back, but um, I, I know that we talked 
Um, it seems like uh, our prediction that um, Nick Perry is going to be cut, you know, it hasn't been reported that yeah. it's official, but it's it's it seemed pretty obvious when we talked last time that that's going to happen. And some other team, uh, somebody doing a podcast for another team's probably talking about Nick Perry signing right. with them right now. Right, right exactly. <laughs> I mean, and so there's been nothing that hasn't um, made things seem like that's definitely the direction that's mm-hmm. going to be um, uh, happening. So um, it, it seems like that's almost a foregone conclusion. Um, Breland uh, was a guy we talked about, and you know he had some chatter. It sounds like he's not too happy with you know whatever talks may have been happening mm-hmm. to to bring him back, um, it, despite him refuting saying it had anything to do with the Packers. Um, and, and I'm fine with that, to be honest mm-hmm. with you. Um, if he's not signing for a team-friendly short-term contract, I'm not sure that he, he's not someone that's going to be in long-term plans anyway. Um, so that might be someone that, that you know, maybe later in the process, if he doesn't get picked up by someone else, uh, we'd look at, but doesn't seem like a target for the Packers. Yeah, and, I, and I'll tell you what, and we talked about this at our last podcast. I really liked what Breland did for our team last year, and I would be fine bringing him in for a contract that he originally had signed for. I think it was a three-year, $24 million deal uh, before the uh, injury settlement and everything that happened uh, prior to his time in Green Bay. But... I really wanted to caution last time about breaking the bank for somebody like him. I think he would love to have him back, but at the right cost. You're absolutely right. So if he's starting to look to to get a little bit more than that or it's getting outside of the Green Bay Packers comfort zone, the last thing I want to see our management do is chase a player. And um, I think that uh, if if we fall into that trap, we're going to be – setting ourselves up for failure to to provide the winning team that we're looking to put together sure exactly um and um so we kind of wanted to just keep building off of um the plan that we put in place um from from last time with with some of the guys we think we might bring back because that so that'll be a portion of our discussion today we won't go deep into that i maybe just mention um a, a couple of guys that we'll, we'll be looking at defensively um but uh, that seemed to be the update then from last time. So, Dane, why don't we dive right into this then? It, it seems to me that um, the most talk that's been out there uh, for good reason has been at the safety position. Yeah. And um, uh, there's been reports and some estimates that the Packers will be interested in some of the top safeties um, that are going to be on the market. Um, so why don't we just kick things off with, with uh, Landon Collins and, and Earl Thomas? Yeah, for sure. And I, I hope that it's not too apparent, but my inner Ted Thompson might be showing today a little bit because I've always been a little more adverse to signing free agents than maybe the uh, average Packer fan. But uh, looking at these guys, I, I, Earl Thomas, I think, has been one of those generational talents. We've unfortunately had to play against him over the years a few times. The dude's a missile out there. He is, uh, how old is he now? Looks like he's 30, 30 years 31. Old. Yeah. yeah, so he's going to be uh, getting onto that other side of, of 30. He's had an acrimonious uh, last season or two, certainly in Seattle. There's been rumors and talk of him 
potentially going to Dallas over that time. He's had some a couple seasons ending with uh, injuries. I have this lasting image from this past season of uh, him breaking his leg and uh, showing the middle finger to his own sideline as he's being carted off. So there's definitely some concern there. And uh, I think that while there may be some nervousness about you know, a guy getting into his 30s with some injury history now. Uh, he's undoubtedly uh, one of those those great talents, and deservedly so uh, is a guy who should be uh, at the top of the free agency list for, for NFL safeties. Now, that being said, I'm not as warm on bringing somebody like him into Green Bay. I get nervous bringing in... Uh, veterans that are aging and while I do think that he is uh, somebody that would improve our defense instantly I I start to question the the finances and how much money we have to pay to bring him in and looking long term what I don't want is to sign a guy to a big money deal and then all of a sudden two years from now we're looking at each other going "Uh uh-oh I think that we maybe spent a little bit too much and now we're on the hook with for a big cap hit my biggest question for a guy like Earl Thomas is, I I mean, undoubtedly, you can't question his credentials. The guy's going to be a Hall of Famer, um, and he has been extremely successful. The injuries the last couple of years are always a concern, Mm -hmm. especially now for a guy that that, uh, is now over 30. Um, One thing that's concerning to me is when I look at some of these free agents, um, how much money do their current teams have to spend? Mm-hmm. And the Seahawks have more cap space than the Packers do. This has been their guy and the leader and soul of their defense for uh, you know a number of years. Um, and they haven't gone out of their way to extend him long term. No. And certainly there's a lot of connections uh, between the Seahawks organization and the Packers organization. It's not like they're going to, you know, give each other tips and tricks or anything. <laughs> but um, but that that's that's a red flag for me. Uh, in addition to the fact that he got hurt, it's it's a red flag when the, the existing team hasn't signed a guy and, yeah. and they've got money to spend. Um, so what do they know? Right. Um, it, on the other hand, we're talking about a position that clearly needs leadership and stability mm-hmm. and reliability. And uh, when when you look at the young cornerback group that the Packers have, we're hoping that we can see a jump and some production um, at uh, with that group. Um, and having someone at um, free safety that can really stabilize the um, that group in, in coverage and get guys in the right position on the field and that you can rely on and isn't going to be giving up, you know, um, huge plays mm-hmm. is it makes sense to invest there. It's just it's hard to um, it's hard to know if that's the right time or if Earl Thomas is the right guy. Uh, I would say that um, if. If they can get him, uh, if, his, if his market depreciates a little bit and the Packers can aggressively uh, jump in and, and get Earl Thomas, I would be pretty ecstatic. Um, I understand that there's a lot of risks there. Yes. But if we're looking at something in the type of contract that 
you know, I know this was a long time ago, but when the Packers signed Woodson, that was a value contract. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, if if we can walk away from a Earl Thomas signing and say, you know, geez, that seemed like a value pickup. Um, there's some risks there, and we understand that. Um, but I mean, he's the type of guy that, quite honestly, I think could just swing um, how good the Packers. Um, uh, defense could be in the next couple of seasons if he's healthy um, and I think he would make everyone around him better so mm-hmm. um, so there's a lot of risks there I get it but um, uh, if if you can get him at the right number I would I would definitely be on board so and and I think I mean anybody at the right number certainly but I do think that he's one of those guys that's going to command a significant amount of money and I there probably will be some kind of bidding war I he he really feels like a Jerry Jones guy to me he really feels like a Jerry Jones guy to me do you have any concern at all about the age and the and the injury history that he's starting to pile up that a team runs the risk potentially of paying for a guy's past success and not what he's going to bring to the team in future years? Or do you think that he still has three, four seasons ahead of him where he can be that impactful player that you'd be paying for? Um, I think there's, there's definitely, uh, that would be a a big concern, um, especially at the position that he plays and the injuries that he's had. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay, well, we can't spend all morning talking (laughs) about about Earl Thomas. Thomas. I I would say based on our, uh, you know, as as talking through that, um, obviously it would be exciting in many ways, but it seems like we're a little bit lukewarm, so Mm -hmm. let's keep moving forward. Landon Collins, this is a guy that, um, you know, he had a really good season in 2017. Um, I'm not super high on Landon Collins myself. Um, at the again, at the number that he seems to be um, probably going to command, um, he's been he's not someone that's known for being really good in coverage. Um, he's he's strong at the line of scrimmage and mm-hmm. and uh, he's more of a strong safety. He's really good against the run. Um, he's a playmaker, but. Uh, has been a little inconsistent. He's he's younger, um, but in what, some, 25 years old or so. Yeah, yeah. I, after the Haha Clinton Dix experience, mm-hmm. I'm not. I don't know. He's, there's two different guys, both Alabama guys. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I I to me, um, I, I want someone. I'd I'd rather get someone that. Um, I, I feel like is going to again be in that mold. It doesn't it doesn't have to be older, but it, that's going to help stabilize things um, that you feel really good about um, helping those young guys um, in that cornerback group. I I, I can't say that em- enough. I think that's really important with whoever they get. Um, so um, I would not actually be terribly excited about spending a lot of money on Landon Collins. Um, I don't know that he fits um, kind of the scheme that the Packers need to run. Um, and and it, it, I don't know that his skill set really fits in with what the Packers need at that position. It's funny you mention haha uh, Clinton Dix uh, as you're talking about Landon Collins because he has always kind of felt like a trumped up version of that to me in a, in a strange way. They're not the same kind of player, but maybe it is the Alabama connection. I, I don't know. I I do I see a scenario where this is the kind of player that Petten might like because he could even theoretically, the style of play he has, could even play some of that um, 
nickel linebacker role, which the Packers seem to be really trending towards having a smaller body playing that nickel spot. Uh, however, with the, the price tag that he's going to be bringing in and um, the, the uh, you're right, the drop-off, right? Going from a, a Pro Bowl-level player to uh, a drop-off part of a, a defense that had a, a major letdown, I get really nervous thinking about how much money he would be. I, I just don't want to sink too much money into a player at a position that's had a depressed market uh, over the last season or two, I think that there's going to be better options out there, uh, more more I guess bang for your buck that, that the Green Bay Packers could get. Sure, after. I I I don't want to read too much into this, but part of it is the leadership and some of the you know uh, he cleaned out his locker, yeah. blah blah, you know, yeah. and the the Giants. It's, I mean, they for the most part they haven't had a lot of success in the field the last couple of years, but are usually a pretty well-run organization. Um, and so it, that's I don't know. I, I again I I want someone that's going to come in and set a good example as a leader and and mm-hmm. go about his business the right way. And I'm not saying that Landon Collins isn't a good player on the field. Um, I'm just not sure that from a locker room standpoint, leadership standpoint, and a on the field uh, standpoint, he's the right fit for the Packers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's look at a couple of these other guys. Um, is it fair to say that? Um, uh, I don't think uh, there's any way that uh, Tyron Mathau is going to come to the Packers. Uh, he seems like a guy that's just going to um, uh, stay south of the Mason-Dixon line. Honey Badger <laughs> wants to probably get paid, right? Yeah. This is this. He's had some injury histories. By the way, I was looking at his age. I think he's only 25 years old. I feel like dude has been playing for 30 years. Yeah, right. No, it's he's a really exciting player, and yeah. I, I I just don't. He doesn't seem like the type of. I, who knows? I, I don't want to just blow past him, but it, he just doesn't seem like the type of, of player that would be interested in coming to Green Bay. Yeah. Um, so, and then, you know, certainly um, uh, LaMarcus Joyner, uh, he signed, uh, he was a, a pretty big contract for the Rams, and, yeah. and I, I don't know that he um, lived up to that amount of money. So, mm-hmm. um, I. I He's a guy that would be interesting. Uh, certainly, um, some connection. Anytime you look at the uh, a guy for the Rams uh, with the current coaching staff and Lafleur mm-hmm. having been there. Um, so I don't know if you have any thoughts on him. Yeah. So you know, he he was an interesting guy. Uh, he came in and you know. In 2017, 2018, the the Rams made. He was the second highest paid. Uh, defensive player on the Rams, right behind Aaron Donald. So they clearly coveted uh, the the talent he had, but looking at 2018, his skills definitely diminished, kind of faded in the background. Granted, he was on a on a Super Bowl team, so on a very talented roster, but uh, he started to see some some fade in his talent, particularly in in coverage. And I I, I just Depending on what the contract looks like, he's certainly a talented guy. He's certainly going to be a good addition somewhere. Um, but, you know, he, he's a nickel corner that con- was uh, converted to free safety. Kind of reminds me a little bit of Tremont Williams. Younger, but same kind of idea. A guy who's a coverage guy now playing the back end. Um, I'm just not sure if he, he – gut feeling tells me he's not probably a fit to what we're trying to do on the defense. Sure. Side he is only 28. Mm-hmm. Um and, you know, so he might be a guy to keep an eye on, uh, depending on how the market shakes out. Um, but um, but uh, certainly, you're right, uh, may not be the 
best fit mm-hmm. um, for on the field, especially if he's looking for uh, a little bit more money. Um, I think the key here is we have to be cognizant of the fact that the Packers need to spend money on the right guys. Yes. And if they don't feel that this is a home run, that this is going to be the guy they want, mm-hmm. um, we just need to be patient and realize that they're better off um, uh, passing and, and maybe uh, punting and looking at other ways to um, get by at some of these positions. Uh, because the last thing you want to do is invest in a guy for three years. Mm-hmm. And as you said earlier, in year two and year three, you're, sing- you're sitting looking around saying, you know, we're, we're paying this guy way too much money. Yes. Yes. Um, so I would rather pass on some of these guys if they're going to be looking at eight to ten million a year, and the Packers don't feel that they're worth that much money. Um, even though they might be better than the player that they might end up signing for, you know, three four million. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's a shorter term contract, uh, I would rather um, just roll the dice and and maybe look at um, other positions to improve on the roster. Yes. Um, so let's 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 keep moving though. Um, we've got a lot of guys to cover. Um, I think the 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 name on here that maybe we've been waiting to mention mm-hmm. is uh, Adrian Amos. Um, so here's a guy for the Bears that's been very productive coming off his rookie contract, and the Bears <laughs> have a little bit of a cap issue, don't they, Dave? Yeah. Yeah, I mean they do, and I think last season, and and I understand the uh, the appeal of Khalil Mack. He's a game-changing defensive football player. We saw him week one, uh, the first half of the game, basically, you know, it felt like single-handedly on the defensive side of the ball, get in Aaron Rodgers' face and just create absolute havoc. Unfortunately for him, Aaron Rodgers is still the best player in football and in the second half beat the Chicago Bears, and it felt pretty darn good. Um, But when you bring in a guy like Mack and you pay him the money that you're paying Mack, you're not able to keep some other guys around him, right? And I think that Adrian Amos may fall into that category of a guy who becomes a free agent. He, You're right. He was on his rookie deal. I think he was a fifth-round pick. So talk about a bargain for the Chicago Bears. But now it's time to, to um, you know, the, the check is due, so to speak, on some of these players, and Amos being one of them. I thought last year he and uh, their other safety in Chicago, I think it's Eddie Jackson, really fed off each other. Eddie Jackson's more of the – ball hawking uh, safety Amos a bit more of an in-the-box guy but really solid football player um, really durable football player um, seems like a really good team player 25 year old safety set a lot of career highs in 2018 uh, on the interceptions he had 73 tackles um, just um, Plays really well, right? Physical, in-the-box guy. The kind of presence that the Green Bay Packers certainly are in need of. They need some guys that aren't afraid to hit somebody with a football and play good coverage. So um, of all the safeties we've talked about so far, I think that Adrian Amos certainly is the guy that is the most appealing to me, not only because of his play on the field, but it would be taking away a strength from one of the division rivals. Yeah, that can't be uh, overstated. Certainly, anytime you have a chance to um, add to your team and weaken another team, 
uh, you definitely want to do that. Um, Amos uh, has already uh, been linked to Denver and possibly following Fangio there. Um, so there will definitely be a lot of other teams that will be lining up for his services. Um, but um, I would say that he's a guy, um, again, coming off a rookie contract, um, Young hasn't had the, any injury issues and has been a part of a very successful defense. Great on the field. I, I think that would be a, a great guy for the Packers to target. And and of all the guys we've talked about, I think that um, he has the least amount of um, name recognition out of a lot of them. Uh, you know, the Earl Thomases and the Landon Collins and the Honey Badgers of the world. We've heard of all of these guys. I think Amos Packer fans may know a bit just because we do play him twice a year. But he really does fit into, I think, the, the M.O. of the Packers. And if we had a backfield of Amos and Tremont Williams next year, I actually think that they could feed off each other, similar to how Amos was able to play in Chicago. Tremont playing a little bit better on the back end. Amos getting up there and sticking the run and still being able to have some, uh, some um, in-air ball skill. Sure. And I know I mentioned uh, last time that Tremont, I think, potentially is a guy that could be a cut candidate. Um, I think it'll sort of depend on, on how things shake out uh, with, with who they're able to bring in. Um, but I would not be at all opposed, obviously, still keeping Tremont. I love Tremont. Um, at the same time, even if they got a guy like Amos, which would be great, I would be on board with the Packers bringing in another guy mm-hmm. um, that is maybe a little bit less expensive. And now you've got a, a couple of guys just to really revamp the position. And now uh, Tremont can then uh, slide back into that corner role. Um, he's not going to be a starting corner if, if all things are going well for the Packers. Um, but if he can be on the field um, in more of a nickel or dime role or, or you know, um, snaps um, to um, uh, where, where needed um, and in certain um, defensive alignments, uh, I think that would be a really good uh, way to utilize them. I'm not, I'm still not, you know, um, 100% on Tremont Williams staying at safety. I, 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 I applaud his uh, willingness to be a team player as a veteran. I think that shows great leadership, but I wouldn't mind getting someone that's um, played that position a little bit more exclusively. Um, so there's a couple of other guys that might be. Um, available at a, a lower cost. Um, uh, one of the guys that's not on the list that we, we're looking at um, that I've read a little bit about is uh, Marcus Gilchrist. Mm-hmm. He was on the Raiders last year. He's on the Texans before that. He's bounced around uh, quite a bit in the last few years. Um, but um, um, is a veteran guy that uh, is known for being just a really smart player. Has been in some um, pretty good defenses, especially with the Texans. Um, good, good in coverage. Um, and um, um, I, I think would um, uh, fit that profile of, of someone with some veteran experience, smart player, would not cost a lot of money, might might be happy to join a stable organization in Green Bay and, and have a chance maybe to settle in for a, or a couple of years without mm-hmm. needing to sign a long-term big contract. Um, so, um, and, and there's other guys out there that, that may fit that mode in, in sort of a... Um, uh, like uh, Trey Boston, uh, he would have been available for the Packers last year. Uh, some 
of these guys were available last year. Mm-hmm. Um, Kenny Vaccaro, um, Kurt Coleman just got cut by the Saints. Mm-hmm. So a lot of these guys were available last year, and the Packers didn't bring them in. So I, I don't know if you know if they will um, look at some of these guys, but it makes sense that they might you know I actually bring in a couple of guys uh, at both at both safety positions um so I, I think um if they were able to invest in in one of those higher priced guys um and get you know one of these other um players at at a lower contract that would make a lot of sense for the packers wags i would much rather see Trey Boston than Kentrell Bryce <laughs> and the Green Bay Packer uniform next year. I mean, that's that's what it comes down to for me. I think that uh, of all the guys that we're talking about, I think Adrian Amos would be kind of the moonshot free agent signing. Granted, we signed somebody like him. I'm not sure where we're going to have money to sign some of these other guys, right? So everything is kind of fluid with how we how we make these signings, and I think that the signing we make, if we do make a big free agent signing, better land. Um, but I do think somebody like a Trey Boston, he's just a solid football player who's been dealing with a depressed market. Uh, unfortunately, financially, he was on the Cardinals last year, uh, signed a one-year deal with them. But I actually think somebody like him, uh, he would be able to to come in and, and be very serviceable, much better than the, the, the efforts that we had of a lot of the guys last year on the back end of our defense. And I'd be just as happy uh, with him, and it would potentially free us up to um, – to be able to use other money in other places and, and continue to build the team because we do have a few holds. It's not just the D, uh, not just the safety position. And um, I, I agree. I think that there's a couple guys in there. Kenny Vassaro, some of those, even a Mike Mitchell um, that, that played for the, uh, the Indianapolis Colts last year. Uh, you know, there's a mix and match element, I think, to the safety position. And this is before we even talk about potentially investing a draft pick in safety land, which we'll talk about in future podcasts. Yeah, exactly. I I, I, I just think that, um, not that the Packers and Goody will overreact, but after what happened last year, sure, um, yeah. it seems like it would make a lot of sense. Again, I think the biggest thing is, is that the youth of that cornerback position um, – to me, they can't take the chance. Even if they draft a guy, I'm all on board for that. They can mm-hmm. draft a safety, you know, and, and use uh, one of their their uh, probably not their number their number 12 pick. Mm-hmm. But if they use you know a second round pick on a safety, uh, that's great. But I still don't want to roll into camp and um, and and you're looking at Jones and whoever they draft as as the guys they need to rely on right. at one of those safety positions. Um, so I'm hoping they learn their uh, lesson on that. So um, I, I agree. A guy, one of those guys that maybe even just a two-year deal in the three to four million total mm-hmm. would be enough to entice um, uh, one of those guys that you mentioned. Um, and uh, it just gives some stability without being a, a much of an investment. Um, I, I think that would be make a lot of sense for the Packers just to uh, revamp that position a little bit. Definitely. All right. So um, we've. I, I think that's the the main uh, position that the Packers are certainly be looking at defensively. Edge rushers are going to be another position that we'll look at. Um, do we even need to look at cornerback? I, I, I really don't think so. I, I that's. I was just thinking that as we were talking through it you look at the the position list and 
I don't think that with, with the amount that we have um, invested in the draft the last couple of seasons, I don't think that we'll be players in the free agent market cornerback position at all. I really don't. Yeah, I would expect that they'll draft another corner of somewhere in maybe that mid-round, fourth, like fourth, fifth round. Um, they'll they'll want to keep bringing in um, some guys to supplement that position group. Um, but uh, I I don't know. I Perhaps they look at Breland again late in the process uh, just because they have some familiarity with him and he seemed to um, uh, build some rapport. But I wouldn't shed any tears if they didn't. And um, if you're looking at it that uh, that way, if they're not going to sign any of these other corners, why would they? Why should they be signing Breland? So I, I the more I think about it, the more I think um, it's really unlikely that they sign him or any other cornerbacks for that matter. So. Um, why don't we look then at those edge uh, pass rushers then, Dane? Uh, there's some. This is where we can uh, see some of those big, the big name guys um, that um, are going to be commanding quite a bit of money. So um, the question is, which ones are actually going to be available? <laughs> yeah. Uh, because these are the guys that they're tending to get tagged by their existing teams and. Um, or, you know, are going to, if they're not, probably might get priced out of what the Packers can afford. I, I get that we, again, we have some money, but, you know, you look around at, at some of the teams that have a ton of cap space that are going to be aggressive, Colts, Jets, Browns, um, Raiders, Niners, they all have, you know, 65 yeah. plus million in cap space. And they all have same needs. Um, so I, I just don't see a, a way that the Packers are going to get in position to get any of these top-end yeah. edge rushers. Um, so that kind of gets um, the guys like uh, Demarcus Lawrence, uh, Jadavian Clowney, Frank Clark, D. Ford. Um, I, I, they're almost probably off the table. They've got to be. Yeah. Um, and so it's not that we wouldn't – we. Uh, certainly wouldn't love to have uh, <laughs> yeah. some of those guys on the team, but it probably doesn't make any sense to spend much time talking no, about them. So when you look at this list of edge rushers, Dane, who, who are some names that maybe um, um, stick out to you? Yeah, I mean, Trey Flowers is a pretty obvious one. He is the uh, he played some edge for the New England Patriots. Obviously, anytime you play for the Patriots and you have uh, consistency, you get some press. Um, you know, he's one of those guys that's really good at pressuring the, the quarterback from the defensive line position. And um, consistently, if you look at ranking lists on online, he, he's up there and most likely will be able to hit the, the free agent market. Um, all that said, I always get a little nervous with New England Patriot free agents. I feel like Bill Belichick historically keeps the guys he wants to keep, and if he thinks that they're replaceable, uh, he lets them walk and lets another team go after somebody. I think that, um, you know, there's certainly sometimes that's not the case. Chandler Jones, they traded, he's still a monster for Arizona, so there's definitely at times where he'll let talented guys go. Um, but um, Trey Flowers, I think it probably sticks out to me as somebody that's going to go ahead and hit the free agent open market. Will probably end up being the top edge rusher available on the market after some of these franchise tags. But 
I'm a little wary of, and not for anything that he's done. He seems to um, be an all right guy and, and, and certainly has a good motor. Um, but I think that he's probably going to be priced out being the top pass rusher on the market. I don't see a scenario where Green Bay Packers are going to dip their toes into that water. That's, I think, the key. Because yeah. if all these other guys get tagged, and now Trey Flowers is the only one that hits the open market, yep. he's the guy that's going to get uh, a benefit from that. Um, so we'll have to see what happens. But uh, So, yeah, I mean, he's not even probably, uh, depending on how you would rank some of these guys, he, he, he might... He he's definitely not one of the the top three or four in my opinion. No. Um, but he might be the top guy that's available to sign. Mm-hmm. And so for that reason, I I just don't think that the Packers again are in any position to get in a, a bidding war. I agree. Um, and I'm not as worried about the you know expatriate label, but it, there is I guess something to that. Um, um, the the Patriots seem to like to target players on the margins, mm-hmm. um, and um, so uh, they they've been willing to let some of their successful defensive players walk. Definitely. Um, but I don't think that he's a guy that the Packers are going to get. So, um, Dane, um, I'm going to skip down. Yeah. We talked a lot about Clay Matthews last time, <laughs> so we don't need to get super into it. Yeah. But I'm actually completely come around. I think the Packers should bring Clay Matthews back. Yeah. And if he is not going to command a ton of money elsewhere, if he's willing to – again, he's going to have to sign for less money, obviously. Um, I, I would like to bring Clay back for, for a, a couple of years, and I'd be even be willing to, to spend uh, 4 or $5 million a year to, to do it. Uh, how about you? I think that – if we were able to bring back Clay Matthews looking at the list for $5 million, we would consider ourselves pretty lucky. I, I agree. Um, I, they're going to draft an edge guy. I, I I really would be shocked if that's not one of their uh, first couple of picks. Um, maybe even a couple of uh, uh, guys will be drafted in the first few rounds at this position. Yep. Um, so... I am doing a complete 180, <laughs> and I'm on board with your plan to bring Clay back for uh, a couple of years. I, I still think um, there's a possibility that if they draft some guys that just pop and start to be super productive, mm-hmm. that Clay could um, be a candidate to move to inside linebacker. Um, I, I, I don't know if that'll happen, but um, I think that he has some value, especially to the Packers. Um, Definitely. And um, they listen, we don't want to just get warm bodies, but I'm pretty confident in Coach Patton's ability to scheme guys um, to the quarterback and with the defense uh, to, I'm sorry, to uh, rush the quarterback and with the defensive line that they have and the pressure that they're going to be able to uh, put up up front if, if Kenny Clark and Mike Daniels can can even stay relatively healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like the idea of bringing Clay back and I think he was just really unlucky in his sack totals this past season um and he you could argue and i wouldn't disagree that he put more pressure on the quarterback than um kyler fackrell did and kyler fackrell was just a beneficiary yeah. of having a lot of clear lanes and 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 cleaning up and and getting those sacks so mm-hmm. um so I, I i like the idea of bringing clay back um who are some other guys that you think might fit along the margins or might be um some guys that we would be looking at. Yeah, so looking at the uh, – first of all, with Clay Matthews, if we're able to bring him back and surround him with a little bit more talent, 
we could see a significant resurgence in his sack numbers too. I think that that's something that um, I don't think anybody can really expect him to be the guy anymore. But if the Packers are able to add another body or two and limit Clay's snaps and he comes back at a, at a discounted rate, he could be a guy that people are going, oh man, Clay's having a bit of a bit of a season this year. So I, I, I just uh, I wanted to kind of wrap that up by saying that I don't think it's fair for people to expect Clay Matthews to carry the load at this point in his career. But if we're able to add a body in the draft or add a body uh, through free agency and the draft and bring Clay back, oh my goodness, watch out. Yeah, and I mean, listen, again, I would love to have Jadavian Clowney, but it's not going to (laughs) happen. And if we can improve the safety position and those corners make a jump and we're getting really good healthy and production from our defensive line, um, all of these guys are going to be better. Uh, We're going to draft some talent at this position. We don't need to necessarily invest a ton of money at the edge position and I know that that might be a surprise um, to a lot of Packers fans and it might be a source of frustration because I really don't think that they're going to spend a lot of money at this position in the offseason even though it seems like it's an obvious and glaring need Uh, they do need to um, uh, add some some players and bring maybe bring back some players but because um, they can't go into, obviously, next season with Kyler Fackrell and no one else. But um, I, I I really will be pretty surprised if the Packers don't invest at other uh, position groups mm-hmm. and just uh, fill this through the draft and on the margins. Yep. No, absolutely. And, yeah, as you said then, there are, there are a number of guys that are going to be hitting free agencies. Actually, a... Uh, a reasonably deep list, I would say, uh, of guys. I want to I want to highlight a couple of um, Preston Smith from the Washington Redskins. Uh, the Redskins, if I'm not mistaken, their cap number is a bit of a mess, which isn't a surprise. Uh, since their organization historically has been a bit of a mess. <laughs> yeah, um, it's not as bad as it could be, but yeah, they only have 17 million in cap space. Yeah. So they're they're definitely in the lower third uh, yeah. of teams that have cap space available. Yeah, they and and mind you, they're going to be in the market for a quarterback too. <laughs> so yeah. they the money's going to go probably pretty quick for them. But wanted to highlight Preston Smith. He. He had a, a 50, 50 pressures, and he had 20 run stops as a full-time starter last season uh, for the Redskins. He, I think, is intriguing, kind of an under-the-radar guy. I think Redskins fans might know of him a little bit more than the rest of the, the league, but um, a guy who can do a little bit of everything off of the, the edge uh, could be of interest. Uh, I, I don't have his uh, his age in front of me, but I always like to see guys that start to when they when they get an opportunity to come in and play ball full time and and do some stuff. Uh, and it looks like he's 26 years old, so he's still got uh, plenty of time to become a guy who can become a bit more of a household name. So he's interesting to me. I also, um, looking through the list here... Also coming off a rookie contract, just yeah. kind of, just like a guy like Adrian Amos. So, yeah. so he'll, he'll, he'll certainly command a little bit more money, but um, won't be uh, a top-of-market uh, guy, like you said. So, uh, yeah, I think it would be a good name to keep an eye on as well. You, you know who else is interesting is as a Darius Smith from the Baltimore Ravens. Another guy who um, he's coming off 
a uh, career year in Baltimore, so great timing for him. About to hit the free agency market. Um, dude had eight and a half sacks last year and 60 pressures. I think he's probably going to get paid by somebody. I don't know if it's going to be Baltimore, but um, gut feeling tells me a guy uh, coming out of, of Baltimore, they don't have a, an awful lot of money. Uh, they're they're hanging around where Washington is in cap number. Uh, he's going to get paid. Washington has a couple guys between him and C.J. Mosley, a different linebacker. Uh, or excuse me, uh, Baltimore has between both of those two guys or both free agents. They're probably going to have to pick one of those guys. And the question becomes, which one is it? But uh, Zadarius is going to get paid somewhere, and he's probably going to be a pretty impactful player for whoever signs him. Sure. Um, yeah, absolutely. So um, I, I think those would definitely be a couple of other guys to keep an eye on. Um, maybe a, a couple of other players lower down on the list. Mm-hmm. Um some a name that is some familiarity. Um, uh, Shaq Barrett, yeah. in Denver, um, certainly has had. He's not a uh, difference maker. I, again, he he didn't sign for much money last year. He just did a one-year deal. Um, uh, may have benefited a little bit from the system that he was in mm-hmm. um, in terms of his numbers. But um, uh, so I, I think teams recognize that, but um, wouldn't cost a lot of money. So it might be someone uh, that would fill out some depth. And they've got a new defensive or they with Fangio coming over there, right from, from Chicago. Uh, and I think that definitely Bradley Chubb getting drafted last year hurt his market, hurt Shaq Barrett's market, but he's here, right? He's a guy who um, hits the quarterback sometimes, right? So you're right in the sense that he's not the difference-making guy, but if you start to cobble together a couple good pass rushers, and again, I really think it is contingent on being able to bring Clay back, but if you're able to bring Clay back, add Shaq Barrett, and draft an edge rusher, wow, talk about an upgrade from last season. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if if you're getting um, anywhere close to – I, I would say Shaq Barrett, I mean, if he's anywhere close to what Tyler Fackrell can do. Mm-hmm. Um, and, again, I think from a scheme standpoint, um, I have a ton of confidence in what Patton can do yes. and with the other uh, pressure and attention that the defensive line is going to command. Um, he's a guy that has shown that – he can clean up and, and at least is a professional and can get the job done. Mm-hmm. Um, he wouldn't be a long-term solution, uh, but he wouldn't cost a, a ton of money either. So um, I, I don't know. Is there any other guys that uh, kind of fit that um, that on-the-margins um, type of, of position here, Dane, that you think maybe we should keep an eye on? Yeah, so there, I've got one more guy here that I – he's kind of my sneaky guy – that I think would be a, a really nice addition to the uh, the uh, Green Bay Packers, and uh, that's Brandon Graham, who plays for the uh, he's been playing for the Eagles. A um, little bit older uh, than some of the other guys here. He's going to be 31 next season, um, but over the last few years, I was looking at some of his stats. Guy has 213 pressures over the last uh, three seasons, and um, he's just a rushing defender, right? He's 
he maybe his sack numbers aren't going to be there, but he's got a crazy motor. He's able to get in the quarterback's face. And you and I both know, and a lot of Packer fans know, it's not necessarily always about getting the quarterback to the ground, but you get in their face, make them feel uncomfortable, uh, make their fi- footwork off a little bit. Uh, all of a sudden, Kevin King's taking that ball back 40, 50 yards the other way. And I think that he's one of those guys that you bring in a veteran body who's not afraid to hit the quarterback, um, can make all the difference in the world, maybe a little more reasonable in the market than one of the younger guys and, and does everything that Green Bay needs. Yeah, and if they they need depth and they need you know guys that can be somewhat productive but if you bring clay back it makes sense to kind of have a partner in crime Mm -hmm. with in you know someone that may not cost as much money but isn't necessarily someone you'd want to have on the field um for the majority of the defensive snaps Mm -hmm. now you can rotate guys in and out keep them fresh um these are guys that uh, may miss a, a game here or there um, with injuries. Um, so it's always nice to be able to uh, have some options so that we're not bringing in um, Frank Zombos of the world uh, <laughs> midseason. Um, no offense to Frank Zombo. He's, uh, it's a, that's just a blast <laughs> from the past. But we, we, we need to... Um, you know, have some options here at this position group. Um, and if we're not going to invest heavily into a top of the market guy, um, and that's, I, I don't think going to happen, then I, I think um, um, looking at a, a good rotation of players uh, makes a lot of sense. And I'm going to keep on the Brandon Graham train because he's my favorite guy in the market <laughs> at the position for what the Packers are doing um, because I think he brings more than just the pass rushing ability. He also plays the run pretty well, so he's a guy who can be out there for, for a number of different looks no matter what we're trying to do, I think. And, and also... He does have experience on a winning football team. He's got a ring with the Philadelphia Eagles. And I think that bringing in veteran presence on the defensive side of the ball that's been through some of the battles that he's been through, that understands how to work with some young guys. And, and uh, you know, the NFL, the ring is king. And to have another guy on the football team that has won a Super Bowl ring and that has a high motor that's going to push the other guys to, to play as hard as they can and play sound football would benefit the team so, so much. Sure. Okay, so I think that about does it for the edge uh, rusher position. Let's look at D-line. We touched on Mo Wilkerson. I would really – it seems like he wants to be back. He's a Patton guy. Um, You know, if he's willing to to sign for, I I think, around the same deal he got last year, um, maybe the Packers can get a little less given that he had coming off the injury. Mm -hmm. Um, That makes a lot of sense to me if that – for some reason, comes off the table as an option. Yeah. Uh, are there any other guys uh, that you think might make sense to target, or do you think they would just roll the dice and just go with the group that they have? Yeah, so looking at that position group, obviously we have Kenny Clark, who's going to be a free agent next year, so that's going to be a significant investment. Mike Daniels is, has another year on his deal. Um, then we've got some other guys, uh, you know, Dean Lowry, who's ended up being a pretty consistent defensive lineman for the Packers. He's he's definitely been the most consistent in terms of um, being available. Uh, he, 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 remarkable, quite frankly, how uh, healthy he's been able to be over his time in Green Bay. And then we have Montrevious Adams there. We have Tyler Lancaster. So we have Your some boy. Guy, my boy, <laughs> Tyler Lancaster. Love him. Tyler, feel free to pop on this show anytime. We'd love to have you. Uh, but 
looking looking at that, still, I think it'd be nice to have another veteran presence. Mo Wilkerson, 100%, makes the most sense out of all of these guys. He's a petting guy. He seems to really fit in with what we're doing in Green Bay. He seems to really like Green Bay, which which is great to have a guy like that. He's had some success in the league. All the reasons that we've talked about in the past, most definitely the guy that I'd like to see. Looking at the list, Grady Jarrett from Atlanta. Wow, he's a phenomenal football player, but he's also going to get tagged. I don't see a scenario where he hits the market. And, and we also are – we don't have the um, – luxury to pay a ton of money to a top line guy like Grady Jarrett because we already have a top line guy in um, uh, Kenny Clark who's going to get paid next year. Right. Um, and Sue, uh, 32 years old at this point, um, a lot of name, but last year looking at his stats, uh, I was looking, it actually jumped out at me. I believe he only had four and a half sacks playing next to Aaron Donald, playing on a phenomenal defense. I would argue that his best days are definitely behind him. Compound that with him being kind of just an awful player on the field. I I hate how he plays the game. I don't like his mentality. I think he would be an absolutely terrible fit for Green Bay. Um, And I don't think there's any scenario where he comes to Green Bay. Do you think so, Wags? No, you're being kind. Uh, Pass. He's a good player, but um, there's just guys that I I don't want in the organization, and I'm sorry, but uh, he's one of those. Um, You know, Sheldon Richardson, uh, he's got a connection to Patton. I think the key here is, as I'm looking at some of these guys, um, certainly we could – you know, look at some of these guys, but uh, I think Mo Wilkerson, first of all, familiar with the system, yep. patent guy, and willing to sign most likely a short-term contract um, with Kenny Clark being someone that's going to be the long-term investment for the Packers. Uh-huh. Uh, it makes the most sense. I don't see any, I don't see the Packers really looking at D-line um, and trying to do a long-term investment. They need some of these young guys to continue to develop. Um, so Mo Wilkerson to me makes uh, perfect sense, and I don't know that anyone else in this this group really um, makes a lot of sense. Uh, so not that they certainly couldn't use someone else, perhaps, if Wilkerson signs elsewhere, mm-hmm. but um, from a fit standpoint, I'm not sure that there's uh, really any uh, anyone else that it makes sense to, to invest their money in. You know who's a, a funny option? Not funny, because he's ended up being a very solid football player, I think, that he's actually not on the list we're looking at, because uh, it's pretty recent, but uh, Mike Pinnell, who played two years for the Green Bay Packers at Nose, um, I was kind of shocked. I think a lot of people in the football world were shocked um, that they declined his uh, contract option. He's had a pretty darn – he's 27 years old. He's a run-stuffing D lineman. Um, he actually does a little bit of what Tyler Lancaster has done. Um, but uh, he's another body that is going to be a reasonable cost um, – According to Pro Football Focus, he, he actually was tied for 17th among all interior defensive linemen in the league in his uh, defensive run-stuffing ability. So he's a guy that will never break the bank, but understands what the Packers do, understands Green Bay, and granted we have a new coaching staff, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was a guy in that kind of money market, you know, if they brought somebody in. Maybe not a big-name player, but a guy who's just a solid football player that can help get stuff done. But I think we're in complete agreement that um, 
Mo Wilkerson is the guy that we want to see back in Green Bay. That's going to be a little splashier, and that can be an impact football player for us. Yep, absolutely. So, uh, okay, very good. Well, why don't we, um, last then but not least, um, why don't we look a, a little bit then at the inside linebacker group? Um, I, I I don't think this is a position they'll invest a lot in either. Um, yeah. Certainly Jake Ryan, we talked a little bit about last time. Um, uh, the Packers are, are in pretty good shape, obviously, um, uh, at the position group. You've got Oren Burks that I think you certainly are still going to hope that you continue to develop. Um, I'm not sure if he's ready or proven that he's going to be the guy. So what do you think that we are going to be doing at this position? So I, in a dream scenario for me, C.J. Mosley's a Green Bay Packer next year. I don't think that there's any likelihood. I agree. Number First of all, I agree. We're not going to probably invest too much money in, in the middle linebacker position just with the scheme that we do. Historically, with what we're doing, with, with having a smaller body, um, more nickel, a defensive backs, so a nickel and dime defensive back position, you know, we, we're not... Um, investing a ton of that but at the same token uh, when you have an impact player you have an impact player and you find ways to get them on I I mentioned CJ Mosley because he's just an incredible tackler for the Ravens incredible and it was a pretty glaring weakness outside of Blake Martinez and a couple other guys with the tackling ability last year he brings an intensity um, that the defense would absolutely love. He's, he's just a nasty football player, loves to hit. So I think somebody like him would be would be great. But he's also played uh, a ton of snaps at 26 years old. I, I As I said a little bit earlier, I think the Ravens are going to need to pick their poison between um, bringing back uh, Mosley or Smith. I actually think they'll probably keep C.J. Mosley because he feels more like the heart and soul of what the defense is doing um, but he would be at the top of my list, but I also don't know if the Ravens are going to let him out of their grasp. So would it be safe to say if you don't get a C.J. Mosley, he would be the only type of guy that you'd be willing to spend on? Um, yeah, I mean, I want a guy who's going who's gonna to impact the, 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 uh, the defense. You know, I, I, I think that Blake Martinez is definitely the guy as our middle linebacker. I've, I've said before, he's the kind of guy that I think you can win a Super Bowl with. Um, Jordan Hicks is maybe another guy who uh, is intriguing, played for the Eagles, another Eagles guy. Um, he's had, he looked, I'll tell you what, he looked like a guy who could be a, an all-pro, um, but some injuries have been, I think, a little bit concerning for him. Uh, so starting to, I think it's a little less likely that, that he comes in. I know that K.J. Wright has been a guy that people have talked about, but um, do you see a scenario where K.J. Wright leaves Seattle? He really seems like a Seattle Seahawks guy. He's been nominated for the Walter Payton Man of the Year. You don't let those guys go generally if you're a team like Seattle. Right? No, and they extended him once. I, I would agree. I think he's he's definitely someone that I would, I would be surprised if they let go. Um, I, I think, you know, I, I generally agree with you as well on C.J. Mosley or if a guy can be a difference maker on the defense. Yeah. Um, I just think the Packers are in a position where they're going to have to make some choices about where they can invest. And 
as frustrating as it's been, especially going back to the Ted Thompson years, uh, where it always seemed like there was just a few position groups that were, you know, a couple of guys away, um, or there's just, if anything, um, where this team is at right now, we're not as close to being a, you know, a clear-cut Super Bowl contender when you look at this roster as a whole? Do I think that we can turn things around and contend next year if things break right? Absolutely. So um, they need to invest in in certain positions and certain players. But I don't know that inside linebacker is a position, just even in a 3-4 scheme, that it makes a lot of sense to pay a lot of money uh, for guys. In fact... Um, you know, I like Blake Bar- Martinez, but it will be really interesting to see what they they do with uh, mm-hmm. Martinez next year as he comes off of his rookie deal. So, um, so it, it 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 isn't a group that I expect that they'll um, spend much money on. Um, I don't know that it makes sense to draft someone else when they've got Burks there. Um, the question so, I think becomes at that position is um, if you bring Jake Ryan back or not. If you don't bring Jake Ryan back, is there somebody on the team right now that if Blake Martinez goes down, you feel comfortable taking significant snaps? That's the key. I, I, I do think they need to bring someone in. I just don't think it'll be someone they pay a lot of yeah, money Yeah, because Antonio for. Morrison's still on the roster as well, but I don't know if he's a guy that we want to see taking 45 snaps a game, right? Right. Um, I think this is a position group that you try to target someone that can compete for a starting job. You tell that this guy, look... You can come in. Uh, you'll have every opportunity to earn a starting position. Um, but it's, it, it makes more sense to me that you're looking at someone for maybe a two-year deal mm-hmm. at the most and um, maybe in that 2 to $3 million price range um, that – you know, you'd feel good about um, if he's going to be your starting uh, inside linebacker, but isn't a significant investment in 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 the long term, or is going to take away from your ability to upgrade other position groups. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I mean, you look at the you look at the roster. I mean, it's 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 interesting to see that I think that uh, across the league, it's becoming more of a passer's league too, and there's not as many of those big name thumpers playing middle linebacker. Um, and the guys that, that are there, teams, you know, tend to scheme around a middle linebacker at times or like to have that guy and they don't let him go until their careers are, are wrapping up, right? So we're, we're, we're definitely seeing a slim pickings there. Some of the other guys that are maybe available, Denzel Perryman from the, from the Chargers and, um, and uh, Gerald Hodges from the Cardinals, Preston Brown, the Bengals, uh, Manti Teo, uh, who played for the Saints last year, hasn't really uh, developed into, I think, what – what people are hoping for but um any of those guys at that point are they're kind of guys but i don't think any of them would make a significant uh, impact for what we're trying to do in green bay okay perfect all right so any other um positions or players that we didn't touch on dane i think we've done pretty well um you know um and we'll we'll look at offense next time yeah um but um, just to sum up, uh, our ideal list here, I think that we, we settled or agreed on, um, is at safety, uh, Adrian Amos and uh, Trey Boston. Uh, I'm bringing back uh, big Mo Wilkerson and, uh, on the D-line, Clay Matthews at edge rusher, 
Um, you really like Brandon Graham um, to bring in as another guy at that edge position. Um, so that would be, um, uh, there's no, aside from Amos, he would definitely be highlighting that group. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, there, there isn't really any other guys that you say, okay, this is a blue chip talent. Um, but at the same time, um, I, I think these types of moves um, would significantly upgrade uh, this roster. What would, what would you think? Yeah, so I think what, what I'm gathering from, from us, and as we talk through this, is we're expecting a leap from this defense in year two. And... I don't think we're as far away as was shown on the field. A lot of injuries happened last year. Um, Certainly, we need to upgrade at the safety position. But between some very targeted, smart signings on the defensive side of the ball through free agency, and then I, I really strongly believe a concentrated effort on the defensive side of the ball in the draft, we could have a very significant turnaround. I really think that we are trending towards a top 10 defense uh, next season. Yeah, and the cool thing is is that uh, our biggest position of need, it'll probably cost a little bit more with the market this offseason at safety than it did last offseason. But we don't have to break the bank overall because that's not a position group that uh, in the last few seasons has um, been very expensive. And there's there's a lot of of guys out there. Um, Mm -hmm. So there's going to be options. And I think that we should be able to revamp that position uh, with, uh, without having to um, spend a ton of money to do it. And, and that's, that can make a huge difference, as you just said, and how this defense can perform overall. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's really exciting. Um, I, I know that there's going to be some other uh, fans out there that might disagree with us on that outside linebacker group, mm-hmm. but I just think we have to look at it realistically. Um, and yeah, we could have some money, but I don't think the guys that are worth signing are going to be available. You're right. And really, we have an incredible opportunity, which we'll talk about again in future podcasts, uh, through the draft to find difference makers on the defensive side of the ball. Difference makers very rarely hit free agency, but they are available in the draft and we have a couple real cracks at it in the first round. We have a high second round pick, good third round pick. We have real ability, I think, Wags, to find guys and, and revamp that defense quick. And I don't care where they play, uh, but you know, I think fans are going to be clamoring for that outside uh, guy and, and for a safety and for these other positions. But if we find difference makers on defense, I don't care where they go. I am confident Mike Patton will find a way to make them the most impactful uh, that they can be. Yep, absolutely. And uh, just to sum up, too, um, based on, you know, some of the numbers that the and the tiers of, of where uh, some of these players are we're getting paid last offseason. Now, certainly that could change a little bit. Yeah. Um, I plugged in some uh, estimates and, and tried to go to the high end uh, just to, you know, um, to, to be realistic, um, given given some of the cap space that teams have. Uh, and the guys that we signed, um, at the end of the day, we probably would expect to have around 24 to 26 million in cap space uh, yet to play with yeah, uh, after great. cutting Perry. Uh, so that's another real reason why I don't think that um, bringing a, a guy like Breland back makes a lot of sense. 
Um, so we would even have a, a good amount of money for, to sign that draft class and go and upgrade uh, offensive uh, guard position right. um, and maybe even target uh, uh, some receivers that mm -hmm. would be a luxury uh, for the offense. Mm -hmm. um, but um, if we've got some money to spend there, why not? Um, right. I, I know there is certain a receiver that's been uh, getting a lot of headlines mm -hmm. lately, so we can talk about that more next time. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, it'll be interesting to th see how things shake out there as well. That's right, and I, I think that the sky hasn't fallen in Green Bay. I think that we're retooling right now, and um, with some key additions here at reasonable cost, we can get that defense up just a little bit more, and then potentially, depending on how Goody wants to handle this, we could, in theory, then spend a little bit more on that offensive side of the ball and let Aaron Rodgers go to town. Absolutely. And listen, look at the Chiefs this last year. They did not have a good defense. What you need is players that can situationally make big plays. Uh, if the Packers have, uh, I think they'll have a better defense than what the Chiefs had yes, last year. 100%. And all you need is in the fourth quarter of a close game, uh, someone to come up with a big play. Mm -hmm. Get an interception, strip that uh, ball, uh, force a fumble, um, come up with a big sack. Uh, if the defense gives up 35 points and Aaron Rodgers and the offense is just going crazy, but they make a big play at a key moment of the game, that's all you need, and that can make the, the difference between advancing in the playoffs and going home. Yeah, and but I do think that this defense, the way it's shaping up right now, um, we're going to have the opportunity to keep people 24 and under. 24 points and under. I, I do. I think that uh, the defense, I, I have so much respect for Coach Patton, and we saw the trend with, with some cleaning up on the back end of the, of the defense and a little more sure tackling, which all can be fixed, I think, with the guys that we could potentially be bringing in through the draft. Um, I really think that then the, the stage is set for field position, for other things to allow the best quarterback in football to work the way it's going to work, and it's all going to come together for us. But it's encouraging when you look at the free agent class and you start to piece it together, um, the guys that can maybe make sense aren't those big splashy names, but they're going to be consistent guys that fit into what Coach Pettin's doing on the defensive side of the ball. Absolutely. I agree. And I think the point I was just trying to make was that uh, Worst-case scenario, yeah, yeah. we've got some money to spend still to go and upgrade the offense if we execute a plan like this. And it may not be Adrian Amos, mm -hmm. but there's some other safeties that we mentioned that maybe we're not quite as high on uh, that they can spend money on and upgrade the position. Or maybe they go a, a little bit more of the bargain market and you bring in uh, two guys like a Trey Boston or a Marcus Gilchrist that mm -hmm. I mentioned, mm -hmm. and now you've got even more money to upgrade on the offensive side of the ball. That's so our all right. Well, I think uh, we're ready to wrap up here. Um, listen, everyone, I, I just personally want to say thank you so much for, for uh, listening and to all the new listeners out there. Um, if, if you don't know or haven't gone back, Dane and I are just uh, a couple of, of fans like you guys are, and we just love our, our team and love talking about the Packers. Um, you can follow us on Facebook. Please 
Um, I, we love the interaction. Please, please leave a rating. Um, subscribe on on iTunes or um, on Spotify. Uh, let us know how you how how you think we're doing. Um, you know, uh, we would love to keep interacting or, or tell some stories. Or uh, if you if if you guys out there want to participate in the, in this program, this is for you by you. Uh, we're 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 not the media. So we're just owners. <laughs> right? Exactly. So. Uh, so we really just this is a passion project and and we so we we're just uh we really enjoy the interaction and and i i can't believe that there's actually folks out there that that uh it seem to enjoy uh listening to us um um so thank you very much and um and uh, we really do appreciate that yep and you can find us on twitter at lambo leap pod on Instagram, Lambo Leap Podcast, Facebook, Lambo Leap Podcast. So thanks again for listening. And uh, before we wrap up, I got to give a little love to Jordy Nelson for sticking up for Rogers, his old teammate and good friend. People trashing Rogers in the media right now a bit about saying that he's not a good leader. And Jordy said what I think a lot of us have been thinking, which is it's the same guys saying the same stuff. And um, no doubt that I'm sure Rogers appreciated it. So Jordy Nelson, uh, once a Packer, always a Packer. And we uh, appreciated the air support from Jordy coming all the way from uh, Kansas to to give some love to Rogers. So, again, thanks for listening, and uh, go Pack Go. Go Pack Go.